you're not going to leave this new power i can share it only with you for you alone are worthy to receive it i hope you don't think me stupid enough to leave you any means of calling help nobody leaves this place until i've rediscovered the exact proportions of that formula hey smoky hello you're the man am i yeah times three Oh, I like it. <laughs> Welcome to all the best lines. Hello, Ooh. Boris. It's nice to see you. It's been a while. Don't say that too loud. My dog's called Boris. He might, <laughs> he might run back in here. And whose fault's that? <laughs> it's incredible. I named the dog Boris after Boris mm-hmm. Karloff. And literally the month after that, Boris Johnson gets elected as Prime Minister. Oh. So now we call him anything but Boris. We call him Barry Boash. <laughs> and in my most... Inebriated moments. Philippe de Foibois, for some reason. <laughs> well, whatever works for you, my friend. But I mean, I, the, the, I even have a little song for him. So he goes, oh, yeah. so Go you, you say, you have to say, Zach will know this one because it's from Little Shop of Horrors. You know, know. Uh, Feed Me. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I sing, Foibois. Foibois. <laughs> 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 I do a little clap as well. Feed me, Foibois. <laughs> Oh god, he's trying to get. Oh, <laughs> Is he trying to get in the door? He's trying to get in the door now. <laughs> what do you want? Please, for to let me in. Very much nice to come in. I like it. There's just a loud pound at the door, like "Let me in." <laughs> <laughs> the way you've got to look at it, Adam. Is that that you can call him Boris because there's no connection to our prime minister because your dog is very nice and lovable. Well, the thing is, we can walk him in the south, where Boris Johnson is more accepted. But if we ever take him past the the northern border into the ice world where you live, then uh, uh-huh. we have to call him Barry. You know, because that's fair enough. Or Fwabwah. Um, it's a bit like you, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's when we get you up here, we have to change your accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Geisha, how you doing? <laughs> I don't of... think you understand the difference between north and south, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'll have a pint of beans, please. <laughs> and chips and nice, chips. Isn't it? Chips and chips and gravy and methylated spirit and a pint of beans. <laughs> anyway, the other voice you just heard during that mm. uh, procession of uh, effluent was uh, Zach Eastman, <laughs> yes. the presenter of the Yesteryear Ballyhoo Review podcast and a very good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Welcome yeah. to the show, Zachary. Welcome, Zachary. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. This is uh, this is quite an interesting uh, decision you guys have made to uh, completely tank your show by getting the worst guest imaginable. I, I don't know what the motive is behind that, but I, I admire... I've been looking for an out for months. I admire, yeah. I admire the courage <laughs> that it takes to say, what if we tank this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no thank you if we you know i i i think all of our guests have sing, singularly brought something very very unique to the table mm-hmm. for for some it was, for some it was drunken scottishness mm-hmm. for some it was drunken englishness <laughs> and for, for some it was uh the uh the the subtraction of our listeners no. <laughs> Oh, all right. You know what my fa- my favorite was? My favorite was the detailed weather maps 
of Russia. That that mm. that to me is is yeah. something that we all need. That's why it, it's it's one of the amazing things that Ali brought to that. Is just like I've never heard somebody get that Ali detail. brought his A game that one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was it, it's yeah. it's one of those things where I was just like, of all the things I expected to hear today while doing my day job, this is the last thing I expected yeah. to hear. And now I've learned something new and yep. potentially useful. Should I visit? So like mm-hmm. this is yeah. I I, I think. Adam and and my reaction was the complete opposite of that our jaw was just on the floor going, I didn't expect this at all. <laughs> Ali, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, as much as I love Ali, uh, I do remember that that came after a very n- nice bottle of wine that recording. So, although <laughs> I kind of remember it, I'm going to not hope that I'm going to hope that you don't ask me to name specific moments or details. No, no, no. <laughs> we, don't need to, you, we don't need to talk about that. All, all you need to know is we, we talked about Ninochka. We loved it because it's a great movie mm-hmm. and fun was had. Ah, so. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember it now. It got me listening to his mm-hmm. show. And I like I, the first one I tuned into was The Death of Stalin because I love that film. And I was just like, man, mm. like there's so much. There's so many angles to this genre. I never really like I never really got into Russian cinema. So just to listen to him expound upon it with the several guests that he has, is just like it's it's fantastic. So Ninochka was a great, great choice enough. for him, hands down. Yeah, 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 and and the fact that he hadn't even seen it before, and and I hadn't, it was it was a home run. He hit it. It was brilliant. and and, and it changed my mind about it. I remember it being really boring. That's right. I really loved it. Um, that time. Um, yeah. So yeah, I love it when uh, people go, "Oh, do you like Russian cinema?" Go, of course. And they go, "Which ones do you like?" And you go, uh, "Battleship Potemkin." And they go, "Which uh, which other one?" You go, uh, "Russian uh, Ark." Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> Russian Ark. I got one. I got one. Uh, what else? R- Russian Ark is so boring. Um, did I mention Battleship Potemkin? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of this house. There's a, there's a there's a wonderful Russian um horror film called Night, Night Watch. If the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember Night Watch and Day Watch were brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. And he went on to direct like Wanted and things with James McAvoy mm. and yeah, he Tim I'll always remember Wanted mm-hmm. because Morgan Freeman says the phrase shoot this mother <laughs> like I'm just like what <laughs> did I just hear Morgan Freeman say? <laughs> he wasn't there that day when they recorded that, so um, they used that line from uh, Bruce Almighty. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Tom Shadyak just let those uh, let those bloopers fly free across Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this idea. Oh, word. So, um, before we go on to uh, today's topic, mm-hmm. I think we should, uh, if, just in case anyone doesn't know, Zachary, do you want to tell them about your wonderful show, uh, ba- uh, shows, I should say, mm. uh, Ballyhoo, <laughs> and then, of course, your new endeavor as well, yeah. which I find very interesting. Yes. Um, Real Nerds. Well, I do Real Nerds podcast um, as a regular mm-hmm. weekly thing um, where we review the movie of the week with Ryan and Brad and Corinne. Um, uh, Yesteryear Ballyhoo Review, though, is a show that stemmed off of something I did on Real Nerds called The Shamley Silhouette, um, which was an exploration of Alfred Hitchcock for 25 episodes. And a lot of people wanted to do other classic Hollywood films. And there was a period around the time of making Shamley and even before it where a lot of classic films were being called to the carpet, trying to break down the contextual reasoning as to why certain things are in classic Hollywood films, whether they be of a racial nature or a uh, gender nature or a sexual nature. And I figured that it would be good to do a Hollywood, a class, a golden age Hollywood show 
uh, where we can dissect them and have fun with them and learn about the history, but also talk about the contextual reasonings behind decisions that are made. And so really, it's me and a guest sitting down, breaking down a film, pointing out where things of a dubious nature occur and try to understand and to learn from those things that we no longer use today or how we've evolved and grown and trying to find the films that have really influenced the films that we see today and finding it in the strangest of places. Like we just did an, I just did an episode on Fritz Long's You and Me from 1938 with George Raft, and I found it... Sylvia Sidney. Yeah. You did an yep. episode with George Raft. That's impressive. Yeah, it, well, I, I wow. wish I had George Raft there, and I could have asked him, like, why did you turn down everything Bogart? Why? Why? You could have had... a, a ba- Why? Um, but no, like, it was... It's the idea of, like, Fritz Long is this major figure in German expressionism, and then him coming over to America, he obviously made him a lot of noir laden classics and westerns but you and me is such a weird left field film because it's a gangster musical comedy (laughs) um that is extremely well shot but the story is extremely so-so-ish it's a story by norman krasna that then gets written by another writer and krasna i guess was supposed to direct it but learning about like how an american director is given or a a foreign director is given a, a studio assignment and what they do to alter it or to increase its value and it kind of shows like how a director can get so so material and make it elevated and that was kind of one of the lessons we were trying to range towards because we have other directors that come in and take so so ish material and turn it into something fantastic nowadays and additionally a director from overseas coming in and doing american films i mean we have a reverse example of it in the sense that it's not a good movie but like florence van hinkelschmark i think doing the tourist which is not a good movie and is a bomb well you and me was a bomb as well so we want to kind of like look at those connective tissues and see like how these things haven't really changed or what has changed and then you mentioned the other endeavors I just started a Mel Brooks podcast that sure. is kind of doing the same thing, but we're also there to just talk about Mel Brooks. So, because <laughs> we're very <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you I mean, uh, we'll get onto your Mel Brooks thing in just a second, but, um, but I just wanted to point out that you're missing the t- the two most important facts about your your other shows, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Shamley and uh, Ballyhoo, is that the myself and Adam mm-hmm. were both guests on both shows. Yes, that's the important bits that you missed out. No, I, well, I, I they're they're close to my heart as always because I was. <laughs> I mean, Adam's going to just blush through the Zoom screen, but I was a fan of his um, prior to starting Shamley, and Stop he it! really helped. <laughs> you can't hide from you can't hide behind a pillow forever, buddy. I can. <laughs> <laughs> It's called a fort, Zach. <laughs> you, 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 you show up at the Hammer event tomorrow and you've just got a pillow taped to your face. Cary <laughs> 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 Grant went on to create memorable roles. <laughs> we can't hear you. Um, no, but um, I... That's exactly what I Well, I found Attaboy in Secret History when I was going through a rough patch in my life with, um, with alcoholism and... Uh, other traumas in my life and so it inspired me to kind of do uh, an examination of Hitchcock from my own standpoint and I had Adam on for the final episode of Shamley which we recorded a week before the US shut down with the pandemic so it was an interesting 
uh, oh, turn wow. of events. It's just like, oh, it's it's great to talk to somebody you admire. The world's going to be coming up roses from here on out. <laughs> Shut down! <laughs> like, um, and then yeah. and then Smokey, I met you through the film club, and I listened to Rated yeah, like- H, and I was like, man, like I'd love to talk to him about some horror. And you picked like the 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 one film that could have gone so wrong any way we did it which was freaks oh yeah and it, it turned into one of our getting me on to talk about freaks i mean who thought that now listen i i remember that episode i remember listening to that episode and i remember thinking to myself now now this isn't a criticism but i remember mm-hmm. okay. saying to myself wow this is taking a long time to download and then I looked at the runtime, and I was like, hang on a minute, how can anyone talk about 58 minutes freaks for three and, yeah. you know, three hours and 85 minutes? <laughs> but that was edited. Yeah. We talked for over four hours. That's insane. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the that deepest down. dive on freaks then. I, I, really I would was. imagine so. Like, and that's probably on the runtime with the feet. There's like a feature-ish length documentary on freaks on the DVD that's even longer than the movie freaks itself. So I just said, well, why don't we just top that um, but he uh, we really did but yeah he it's one of our most popular episodes and it's it rightfully so it's a discussion about a film that i think people want to watch but they're not sure how they feel about it because there's a lot of dubious nature into how you look at the way those performers were treated and what they were doing and and i think like i love that we came to the conclusion that like you know this is a there, there's a element of it that's a celebration of these performers and that they are treated sure. as the, they are treated as the the heroes more or less whereas the regular yeah. the the moral of the story is the same as always real hu- regular yeah. looking humans are the monsters that's we're all monsters yeah, exactly you know? yeah i mean jo- joking aside i I think I think we dealt with it with the sensitivity it deserved, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't. But we didn't we didn't go mad with the wokeness, and we didn't you know do all that. And it was uh, it was a. It, uh, I listened to it back not too long ago actually, and and it was a good episode. It was a great episode, in fact, and uh, n- not because of me, but it was just <laughs> no. it's the sub it's the su- it's the subject. Matter. Or it's it's like wonderful. Well, well, it's well, it's not because of me. So what was it? The dead air that we. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it's was it's the subject matter. It's a, it's a rich ground for for talking about interesting uh, finding interesting things to talk about. But before we go on to uh what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. just uh, quickly tell us about the Mel Brooks show. Yeah, so um the news broke a couple of months back that they're going to do History of the World Part 2 on Hulu, which shocked me because I'm like, "Oh my god, they're going to follow through on this mm-hmm. joke." And I posted it on Twitter and two of my previous Ballyhoo collaborators, uh, Andrew Saunders and Tyler Maybe, latched onto it and they exposed their love of Mel. And then I got in there on DM and I was just like, we're starting a Mel Brooks part- podcast, aren't we? And they were like, yep. And so it took a couple months to gather and figure out what we were going to do. And it's now going to be a monthly show dedicated to the life and works of one Melvin Kaminsky, a.k.a. Mel Brooks. Um, and uh, we started with a general episode where we kind of broke down our fandom. The next episode that will be coming out next month will be a breakdown of the producers, which went for a good chunk of change of time. So um, and then we're going to be we'll be having guests on as well. Um, and I imagine I, I can't speak for the rest of the gang, but I imagine we're going to do some form of breakdown on the Hulu show once it launches. Um, so it'll be oh, that sounds great. It'll be fun to see how people like it because i i'm always amazed by when it comes to mel brooks like people are fans of certain films or like have their camps i mean blazing saddles and young frankenstein are the 
the two ones that are immovable. But then as we found out in our listing off, like two of us had the 12 chairs in our list, which was me and Andrew. So like, it's amazing the kind of films that Mel made, like they weren't all one in the same movie spoofs. Like he was a guy who really started as like a independent filmmaker of sorts with an artist streak attached to him. And then Blazing Saddles Mm. comes along and really curves that. But he still finds a way to do stuff. Like, I love the movie Life Stinks. Um, I know it's not a popular one, but I love the way he's attacking corporate culture and poverty in L.A. with a very slapstick attitude and in in a satirical like way like there's a whole musical dance number amid a bunch of sacks of dirty laundry in that movie with leslie ann warren it is insane <laughs> that that movie works but it does i really like him in mad max and i also like braveheart i thought that was <laughs> <laughs> wrong no wrong <laughs> Come on, Braveheart's a good film. I don't understand I'm going to put all the my hatred. flag in the ground and say that Dracula Dead and Loving It is the greatest film ever made. So, it, know, well, Dracula Dead it. and Loving I'm, It I'm is really better than Passion of the Christ. That's it. I will say that. So, um, Well, I, I mean, to be perfectly honest, a, a bin fire is better than Passion <laughs> of the Christ. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. So, you know, if we all want to see make-believe stories you know we can go and watch star wars you know it's fine don't worry about that careful <laughs> right sorry but thank you zach yeah. that does sound awesome thank you very much yeah it does. um yeah so everyone please do check out surrounded by assholes which is a fantastic title by the way but he yeah, has to be said in a great British title accent, i think yeah so. surrounded by ab- yeah. holes <laughs> like it's uh actually i i nah, surrounded by it, w- it was gonna be called eat a nectarine <laughs> but then when andrew saunders pitched it i was like it can't not be surrounded by a-holes like it can't not be so we i i eat, eat a nectarine sounds like a health food show well it's it, you can't it's a re- you, it's a reference though to the 2000 year old man at the end of the first bit that he and carl reiner did no i know yeah i know but it's you can't you, you know how many people are going to get that joke I, who would just i agree you know randomly searching i agree i know? thought it would be like unique but i agree like surrounded by that, surrounded by bleep is way better than <laughs> yeah. um the than eat a nectarine because also the graphic would have just been yeah. a nectarine with in Mel's image imposed into Which, it. The, now it can like be a ass. circle of starfish, like the EU yeah. flag. Right? <laughs> <laughs> does not, by the way, that does not uh, represent my views on the EU. Uh, quite the opposite. No, but-, um, but surrounded by assholes also does sound like um uh, a political podcast. <laughs> It sounds like the Senate. If, if, if yeah, I, if sorry. I, you know, you know what I do? I copyright. I, just... I copyright the name, and then I sell that, and then we make millions. So, mm. I was, yeah. Sh- my my point was just going to be that I was being kind of hypocritical, uh-huh. which is be- which is because all the best lines tells you f-ing everything about this show, doesn't it? So you know, no, because it, it doesn't <laughs> at all. But it, it, it was a great. It was a great title. I took it. So I think it still go. does. You, do, you guys still. St- Still do say all the best lines from yourselves, hey? Think about it that way, you know. We do, we do. Yeah, I will. I will forgive myself then. Thank you, sir. Yeah, lo- right. Love yourself, please. Thank you, sir. I will. <laughs> I will do some self love later. But anyway, before we um, <laughs> before we get into the films today, uh, so last episode, all those many months ago, um, yeah. Apologies to the listeners for being away for so long. Um, I'm sure, they really care. <laughs> they do. We've uh, we, we, before we move on. Uh, last episode, I asked Adam for. Um, a horror movie and Adam was gracious enough to surprise me with a triple bill mm-hmm. of horror starring the one and only Mr. Boris Karloff mm. why did you pick these films for us today Adam? Because Karloff looms large over classic horror 
And if you want mm. horror, then, you know, Bela Lugosi's great, but he's, like, you have to love Bela Lugosi. You are them! Yeah, but Karloff was just, there's something lovable about him, as well as chilling, as well as, mm-hmm. you know, the quality, you know, it dips now and then, but, you know, in, in general, he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's, Topped, he has a better tier, consistency. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, as proved cool. by him, you can pluck three films, each beginning with the man who, the man, the man that, whatever. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, I mean, <laughs> try to tell you what to think about these films, but they're good fun. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Also, I think it's it's important to point out is that knowing your our love for Karloff, all these episodes in hadn't done a Karloff movie. So that yeah. that was a right that needed to, a wrong that needed to be corrected, you know. So I'm I'm very pleased you did bring this. Yeah. Um. Where where do these kind of stand for you, Adam? When it when you talk about uh golden age horror, do you, do you put them as high as the, the universal horrors, or are they just very different for you? What the three I've picked, or mm, Karloff? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, uh, no, these ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, the man who changed his mind's a British film. Um. Man that cannot hangs Columbia. Man with nine lives is that's Columbia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's something slightly creaky and a bit more storybookish about Universal Horror. They're kind mm-hmm. of like, like nowadays they're like watching kids' picture books, and I kind of love that quality about them. They're all very lovingly made, and mm-hmm. they all feature the same ingredients, and they're all very hokey. The Columbia horrors were slightly more gritty and a bit more adult, I think, in theme. Uh, the man who. Who changed his mind? Otherwise known as the man who lived again from 1936 is the mm-hmm. earliest one we're going to talk about today. I love that film because it has a real mean. It's very British in its sense of humour and it has a real mean streak. And you watch mm. it for the first half hour and you go, "Wow, this is a bit plodding." And then all of a sudden he 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 does a certain change of the mind, and um, it goes off into bonanza territory. I absolutely love it. It's mm-hmm. it's got a real it's got a real sick sense of humour. <laughs> yeah. Some of the some of the supporting players in it are just. Uh, so good. I mean, not only do you have Karloff and Anna Lee, but but more importantly, who else is in that cast? Yeah, you have the Brighton Strangler himself. John Loder is in this thing, but even <laughs> he is acted off the screen by Frank Tellier, um, Lord Hazelwood, the guy who you know starts off as this. Pom- we'll get to him in a minute. Starts off as a pompous guy and then has to do an impression of someone doing an impression of him <laughs> in the film. It's absolute brilliance. It's one oh, of yeah. these, like, you know, creaky, creaky, creaky old um, English sci-fi horror films that's so overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm so glad we get to talk about it today. It's so much fun. It's right up there with Devil Doll for me. I, I think it's brilliant. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong words. High praise. I, I, I've seen it, like, you know, at least a dozen times. And it's just such good fun. In fact, those two would be a great double bill. Ooh. Actually, yeah, I got to agree with that. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, okay. I then. Well, <laughs> I, I I tell you what, then let's let's go through them in order, shall we? The the chronological order. Okay. So, um... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Smoky, you <laughs> Smoky, you talk while he drinks a glass of beer. <laughs> And we'll and we'll vice versa it. Yeah, this uh, is ventrilo- worst, ready, Adam, the worst ventriloquist act in the world. <laughs> you can't beat Gottel of Gear. And, Go on. I mean, you're you're already pulling it off a little bit better. Edgar Bergen technically was not wonderful at keeping his lips concealed. So, <laughs> thank God for radio. That's, that's fair play. That's, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's uh, that's what I say every day. <laughs> Amen. Dear God, otherwise I'd have no career. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry. 
Yeah, no, no, no. So I was just going to say, let, let's let's kick off with uh, the the man who changed his mind, and uh, let's let's just start off by saying the man who changed his mind is a wonderful title because mm-hmm. mm. it's base it's basically factually correct and a pun at the same time. Yeah, what more could you ask for from a film title? I don't like the the man who lived again was the title they used in uh, America, and they also used the the brain snatcher, and they're just crap titles. Mm. Yeah, you know? the man who good. lived again doesn't really. It's just crap. Mm. I'm, I, apo- I apologize on behalf of the United States government and film industry. It's about time. For butchering this title. If you guys apologize for calling public enemy enemies of the public. We just nope. have to be different. Don't we? You just, Can't you just leave one title in town? You just switched around words. We at least tried and different yet we ones. we still came across sounding intelligent. I, I especially loved our work on uh, the faces of dirty angels. <laughs> Let's go with the wind. It was gone as well. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, Asablanca. That was another one. <laughs> that might not have been a British. That might have been a Danish film. Was yeah, was, was Harvey so. just called Harvey? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a Jewish one called Ave. <laughs> it was called Ave Maria. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's puntacular. Yeah, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Should we just forget the films and no, do this? I mean, yeah. <laughs> By the way, puntacular would have been a great character for Bela Lugosi. <laughs> you will come. I want to tickle your ribs. <laughs> Your funny bone. Oh my god, what are we doing? Your funny bone will be moved in ways that you cannot conceive. Listen to them. Crappy jokes. What shrieks it makes. Oh god, Smokey, are you having great fun? I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> my jaw's hurt. Something that I found amazing about the film too was not it's it's you brought up the British humor and whatnot, and Clayton I think has the the most persnippity mm. attitude of the whole of, of the crazy whole. good character. Yeah, no, yeah. Donald Calthrope is his name. I think he's just I love him. He's <laughs> one of his lines flat out is just like I don't like women. Well, did her ladyship like her room? You didn't want her to come here. I don't like women. I had to have help in my work. But why choose a woman? She's a scientist. A female scientist? Well? All tears and hysterics and can't keep a secret. She wanted to work with me and she's going to. Have you told her exactly what your work is? Not yet. Why not tell her? Then perhaps she may change her mind. <laughs> Look, it's just like, he's he's fl- no. he's flat out just like yeah. I was. I kind of wondered like how like how it is that some of these some actors like I don't think did Donald Calthrop do anything in America? I'm not sure. Is it just or is he just so. British? No, films? he's not. He's not a name. I'm. I've seen many. You know, he did five films with Hitchcock. Mm. So he did Blackmail, uh, Juno and the Paycock, Murder, yeah. Street Calling, yeah, and. Yeah, so very big number seventeen as well. So yeah, it's a very oh, big in Britain right. by the looks of it. It's it's hard for me to remember number seventeen because I wish I could forget watching the movie. But <laughs> it's it's a movie that I wish was better. But no, here he's just he's just lovingly malevolent. And by the time you get to the end of and what he's trying to do and like how he keeps trying to like get himself in these different bodies and like trying to suss out the health problems of different he. 
this is the problem with trying to change somebody's mind so quickly. You don't think about their medical record. You don't think. I love that the twist is just like, did you take your heart medication? What? It's a very great. good film. Yeah. I, I did like the fact that you throw in the sort of uh, something you wouldn't really consider that he also happened to be knocking off his secretary in his spare time. Oh, it's and so that, good. That That's my favorite that. scene of the film. <laughs> when, so but let's quickly explain it because Sorry, um, yes, I yes, yeah, I'm myself. losing people's, you know, they're all like you know, jumping off buildings now. Anyway, <laughs> so you have Dr. Lorenz, played by Karloff, mm. and he is yeah. like you know, your standard mad scientist. He is engaged in experiments to swap the minds between creatures. So he can take a crazy monkey and a sane monkey and swap their minds and you know and um his assistant anna lee um who what's her name in this cripes uh claire isn't it mm-hmm. um she is working with him and she, he starts to hint that he'd like to do it with humans and she's horrified he has an assistant kind of confederate-ish kind of person working with him yeah. called clayton who is uh heavily disabled should we say he's in some horrible accident or yeah. something years before yeah and can't move he's in a wheelchair uh, but he's he he's very caustic, and he takes a very much it takes a liking to Claire, um, and even you know at well, the beginning expresses the viewpoint that I wish I wasn't in this body because I have some perverted thoughts about you. Um, to, to be fair, you can't blame him. No, she's incredibly beautiful, Anna Lee. Yeah, um, but she is engaged to uh, John Loden's mm. character, um, <laughs> <laughs> Dick Hazelwood, um, and his father, <laughs> Lord Hazelwood owns a newspaper so those are your characters in it um basically mm-hmm. what happens is lord hazelwood finds dr lorenz's work and is taken with it so he pays for him mm. to uh use his laboratory and to conduct experiments uh on the basis that he can take the findings and publish them in his newspaper but mm-hmm. when dr lorenz stands in front of the scientific world and says what i'm doing i'm changing minds between monkeys and um all the all the people stand up and they're <laughs> outraged they go, you're a crazy crazy Crazy, crazy, crazy fool. <laughs> they walk out and he's incensed by this and so is Lord Hazelwood. I'm just he watching can... a one-man play here. This is brilliant. <laughs> he confronts Dr. Lorenz and says, uh, I've wasted my money. Uh, I'm going to take all your research and destroy it. You're a charlatan, blah, 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 blah. What do you want? You must be perfectly aware of what I want. Lord Hazelwood. Please excuse me. I wish to speak to Dr. Lorenz. I wish to speak to him alone. Dr. Lorenz, I am grieved, deeply grieved at what has occurred. This is a poor reward for the trust I placed in you. It is my painful duty to ask you to leave my institute. You want to turn me out? I have no choice. This is what comes of having anything to do with your filthy newspapers. Please control yourself. Go on with my work. I shall publish my results in my own way. You do nothing of the sort. I hold the copyright and I shall take possession of your papers. I shan't give them up. You won't be consulted. You signed an agreement. The law will enforce it. You dirty swindler! Violence won't help you! You think you'll beat me? You and your money, will you have it? You have it! I leave here and I'll take all this with me! On the contrary, it stays here, and tomorrow I shall have it destroyed! I designed it, I built it! With my money, in my institute! You used my name for the sort of crackery that wouldn't deceive a schoolboy! But now you're finished here! And your apparatus is trying to do exactly what I like with! You shan't touch it! So, uh, Dr. Rents traps him in a chair and st- sticks him in his machine and swaps his mind into the 
broken body of Clayton. So Clayton now lives in Lord Hazelwood's body, and Lord Hazelwood lives in Clayton's broken body. He dies. He basically mm-hmm. tries to get out of his chair and is so in, you know, I'm enraged on what you've done to me. And has this heart attack thing and falls on the floor. <laughs> Very conveniently. So basically now, Dr. Lorentz Karloff has a very rich Clayton living inside Lord Hazelwood's body. It gets yeah. twisted and more twisted from there. I won't give everything away, but that's your basic standard setup. The, I, I love that, like you say, um, Clayton is such a great character because he's so mm. snippy and caustic and so he feels so you know aggrieved at the fact he's stuck in this yeah. horrible body. And then have you have you noticed you're you're squinting your eyes when you talk about it? <laughs> How bizarre! I, know, I, actually, yeah. I actually do have an eye infection. You're getting, <laughs> oh, you get you getting the, you're getting the Popeye look that he has. <laughs> if you ever if you ever get interviewed if you ever get interviewed as a, a like within your historian context about this film, I need you to do that exactly. Like wink, like squint your eye Thank and just you, be yeah. like, he's it's a fantastic. Character. It's called method podcasting. I'm using the method, but basically, um, so th- th- yeah, it, you, you, that's about half an hour of the film. The second mm-hmm. half is Clayton finding the fact that he's now Lord Hazelwood fascinating. There's a, a beautiful scene halfway through where he just sort of strolls into the office. Right, mm. I'm Lord Hazelwood. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, this is Thursday, Lord Hazelwood. Yes, of course. Thursday. I take it you were expecting us. Well, uh, not exactly. I hope you're not thinking of discontinuing these meetings. Uh, most certainly not. Well, what business have we? First and foremost, we'll arrange it there. Now, in view of last night's unfortunate development, I have taken the liberty of toning down the story. Of course, we shall have to change the leader. Why? My leader on the benefits of science would seem a trifle out of place. I suggest we might get out of it gracefully if we gave Lorenzo a nervous breakdown. Good idea. And get his doctor to order him away. Somewhere remote. I disagree. It is most important that he should continue his experiments. <laughs> You're not going on with this man? Most certainly I am. The fellow's a charlatan. How do you know? You told me so last night. Did I? I judged hastily. <laughs> Let this be a lesson to you. Never judge hastily. But we can't go on. I agree that at the moment, too much publicity would be embarrassing to us all, particularly myself. But uh, Lorenz will continue to work under my protection. By the way, you might arrange to let him have an extra couple of thousands for expenses. But Lord Hazel... The matter is closed. Nothing more? Yes, there is. You promised us at the last meeting a declaration of policy. Did I? Isn't that so, Miss Briggs? Why, yes, Mr. Gray. If Miss Briggs says so. Are we to continue to press the Prime Minister? Always press the Prime Minister. And what about the point Mr. Gray raised last time? Exactly. My view is unaltered. I don't remember you expressing any view. Mr. Gray, if you cannot remember what I told you, you can hardly expect me to repeat it all now. <laughs> and he has to sit in a meeting and pretend to be Lord Hazelwood. And then he finds out that he's actually been having an affair with the secretary, which is such yeah. a great part. <laughs> and then he sits there reading a biography of himself, which is the funniest thing ever. He goes, you know, did you realise I hit a 40 for Oxford? Wow, I'm very clever. I don't realize. And he goes, he goes oh, I, I gave a lecture on the art. How pompous I am. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Um, it, it's absolutely what a great character to have written. Imagine writing yes. that character, not just getting to put him in a you know an invalid's body, but then taking him out of the invalid's body and making him like a this dapper rich guy. And what kind of fun you'd have writing a character like that? It's such good writing. 
It, Such good writing. It, but yeah, anyway, I've I've talked for long enough. It it it, <laughs> it, it would make sense because you have Balderston and Galette not, g- pl- yeah. coming yeah. into this. Like Invisible Man. Yeah, mm. exactly. And like additionally, when I first saw the because all three of these were first time views for me. When I saw Robert Stevenson's me name too. pop up, I was like, Oh crap, we're in for some fun. Because Robert Stevenson yeah. Robert Stevenson Jackal. Yeah. He's the director of Mary Poppins. And I was like, what? The same (laughs) director of Mary Poppins? What is this movie going to be? It it just, it really kind of like pushed me into a realm of just like, I get to watch another director emerging from the UK getting into, that would go on to do American films and work for Hitchcock. Like that just blew my mind. And additionally, anytime I see a monkey in golden age Hollywood, I, my ears and eyes perk up because I'm like, what's the monkey going to do? And I kind of wish that Boris Karloff (laughs) had used the monkey as one of his lab assistants for the rest of the movie. Because I that that would have been been the goal of Golden Age Hollywood is just like he's he's done everything, but has he had a monkey assistant? I need it's it's like the logic of every which way but loose. Sometimes you need a monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Every which way but loose. Yeah. (laughs) um, Balderston, as you say, Balderston wrote Invisible Man with James Whale. Mm-hmm. Sidney Gilliatt wrote um, with with famously with Frank Lauder. He wrote Green for Danger, Lady Vanishes, and Night Train to Munich. Gosh. Or if you love the humour and, and characters like Charters and Caldicott in those films, then you'll instantly get the vein of sort of ultra witty, so quick mm-hmm. that um, the lines just fly past you sometimes. But you, you kind of like, what did I hear that properly? And you rewind it and you go, God, that's <laughs> genius. Then, as you say, Robert Stevenson later went, you know. <laughs> Poppins, you have Boris Karloff, you have John Loder doing more than one expression again. I mean, this is a, like a well. Th- that's got to be that's got to be the <laughs> the question for you, isn't it, Adam? I mean, is is this John Loder's best performance? No, <laughs> he falls off a roof <laughs> in the Brighton Strangler, convincingly. Oh, thank you, Adam. Uh, thank you. <laughs> And let's face it, John Loder trying to imitate Boris Karloff's sinister look by the end of this film is not con- is not as convincing as just having Karloff's face. You know, do you know what that 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 was beautiful. The the effort he was putting in yeah, though he, was yeah. wonderful. You, you could hear the straining through the soundtrack, like yes. But it was also it was the. Um, did you notice when he when uh, Loder when he has Karloff in his head and and he he stands up and he tries to walk like Karloff. He just walks like Frankenstein monster. <laughs> 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 it's just sort of like all right, I get what you're going for. <laughs> we're, we're, we're giving away slightly what happens at the end, which is fine. Mm. But um, I would say like the man who changes mind. If there's a character in this film, you can pretty much guarantee they change minds yeah. with someone else. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. It's such a good film. It's an hour long. Mate, there's a statue of limitations on, on uh, spoilers. I, no, I, no, think I, wasn't, I, I wasn't saying spoilers. <laughs> uh, no, I was just saying, was saying quickly, um, before you think, oh, God, I, d- I thought you said it was so-and-so that changed the mind. No, 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 everyone. No, no, basically, everyone. Yeah. I, I think that... No one is safe. I mean, there, there, <laughs> no is, there is a moratorium. I mean, like, with, with, in the case of Morbius, it was one minute after those credit opening credits finished. You could just spoil whatever the hell Ooh. you wanted. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, my take haven't, on haven't Morbius. Had the displeasure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's cool. We'll leave. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Yeah. So obviously we've we've got this we've got this trilogy of films. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
they're not connected in any way apart from Boris Karloff and and a couple of other bit part actors who are who are in uh, a couple of them at least but i watched them almost back to back there was a little space between 1 and 2 but i did watch 2 and 3 back to back and um it's it's a wonderful triple bill mm-hmm. it really is i can see why you picked them mate i really can cuz mm-hmm. they just they flow very well both have their positives and negatives Obviously, most films do. When it comes to these three movies, for both of you, mm. do you? I'm guessing you have a clear favourite. Oh yeah, and I'm guess mm. I'm guessing you have a clear least favourite as yeah, well. Hundred percent. Yes. Okay. Well, this is going to be very interesting to see if we if we all agree. So, do we reveal that now, or do we reveal that later? Uh I don't mind saying that um, this is my favourite. The second is my okay. second favourite, and the third okay. one is my least favourite. No, right. Not to say I don't like the third one. I just no, think no, it's no, no. weaker and not as inventive as the two that come before it. But ah. I think this is. I think this one's number one. I think these are in the right order. Of talking about. Okay, Zach- Zachary, do you concur with Adam? <sighs> we can agree on our three. I'm flipped on the one and two. I love the next one we're going to be talking about. Mm. I love the second it one is is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. It, it is fantastic. It's a close call because the. Because all three of these films we're dealing with, like you have Boris Karloff ostensibly taking on a Frankenstein-esque role in the form of the doctor, like the idea of prolonging life or advancing medical science. Man Who They Could Not Hang worked for me better than Man Who Changed His Mind because I guess – it's kind of mm. like when we were at the film fest, the Attaboy Clarence Film Festival, and we watched the movie False Faces. And I was like, I love a film that you could transplant into today, and it would be just as relevant. And I feel like the man who could they could not hang is just rich with this this modern aesthetic that you could apply to it today, like this idea of not believing science and like putting somebody up on trial for like ostensibly trying to perform a medical life-saving procedure in test and seeing Karloff play the doctor role in the vein of what Frankenstein is supposed to be. And that, so like, Mm -hmm. but for the man who could not hang, they could not hang. There's a turn that happens in that movie that we can talk about that, like just absolutely sold me. We'll we'll talk about it, but like that, yeah, I would flip it. It'd be man, they could not hang, man who changed his mind, and man with nine lives. How about you, Smokey? I, I completely agree with Zach, but for maybe for slightly different reasons. I, I Don't get me wrong. I, I loved the, the Man Who Changed His Mind. I thought it was a fantastic film. I, I loved it and I was gripped. The the Man They Would Not Hang um, is one of my favourite films I've seen this year. I I adored every second of it. I absolutely did. And, and I really enjoyed uh, The Man With Nine Lives. But what it is for me is that they've all got the same basic premise... Doctor has an idea, doesn't get believed, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Basic, right? So, but the pro- the the difference is for me. So for the for the first film, uh, the man who changed his mind, you have you have a you have quite a slow build to the experiment and what happens, and then the aftermath. The man they would not hang. You have a slow build, but it's fascinating and the court case and everything else and I love that and then you get this complete 180 and you go right uh okay uh, we're now turning this onto house on haunted hill we're going to yeah. it's and then there were none yeah yeah we're going we we we're, we're going to trick you with pranks and random deaths and peril and it's like oh all right okay please do that to me you know and I was loving that I had another film we could connect it to from the modern context because House on Haunted Hill is a great grab. When I mm-hmm. saw the second half of The Man yeah. They Could Not Hang, I was just like, this is Saw 2. 
This is this is Darren Lynn Bowsman's saw it's very too. Awesome. It, it really hits that yeah. stride, and that's my. You could you could throw you could throw saw right here, and it's my favorite of the saw franchise. So maybe that's why. <laughs> like it, it's that's fair news. That's fair news. But then when it sorry, let me just, I'll just go through this bit, and, it, and then you then you get to the man with nine lives, and it's a, a separate group of people have the idea that has already been presented and then we're going back in time a little bit and then we're coming to the present and then we're dawdling a little bit towards a conclusion. Whilst enjoyable, it's not as immediate and impactful as the first two movies. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's not as inventive either. Thank yeah. you, that's a good word, yeah. But um, also, well, yeah, I mean, like I think we've got our cards on the table. I think the reason yeah. I like The Man Who Changed His Mind the most is I think the sense of humour just mm-hmm. absolutely clicks with my own. I think it's very um it's very subversive, it's very wicked. It's nasty to a point and but then it sort of elbows you in the ribs. It's really sure. cool. like I I love the I think I think the um I think without the Clayton character and the Lord Hazelwood switch and the the whole, you know, let's have fun with what it would be like if a guy hadn't been able to have sex with women for 30 years and now suddenly <laughs> he finds he's got a secretary he can you know, go and shack up with it. Like, I love all that. I think it's fantastic. But as the, you say, the line I, he gives after he finds out he's knobbing the secretary, <laughs> Hazelwood. <laughs> I, I need to learn more about myself. <laughs> anyway, we've covered the man who changed his mind. I think it's a hard yeah. recommend from all three of us. Yes, very hundred percent. Yeah. The, the next one is 1939s, which just adds to the glory of that year. Um, the man they could not hang. This is directed by Nick Grinder. 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 I mean, it if, stars it, Karloff if, if as, it was the man they who could not be hung, it would be directed by Nick Grind. So you know, that's 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 some, <laughs> there's some there, there's Grind. some thirties naughty films for you there. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> Grindhouse. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so Karloff plays Dr. Savard, who is uh, working on an artificial way to keep people alive while they perform crazy surgery on their organs. So basically he, he puts them into a state of death, mm-hmm. um, keeps them alive with the use of this lovely swinging pendulum kind of machine. Isn't um, it beautiful? It t- I found it hypnotic. Watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Um, it, can, it can remove someone's heart and take it away and operate on it separately without it being attached to the body, then put it back and bring them back to life. Anyway, this is the theory, because in the first 15 minutes of the film, he wants to test his theory on a, on a, on a human. Bob. And his students. <laughs> yes, Bob. Uh, he agrees to be the subject, uh, but Bob's girlfriend is not keen on him doing it. Anyway, Bob says, mm. please go away, have a pizza, I'll see you in an hour. So basically what happens is she gets too freaked out. She goes to the police and she says, uh, Dr. Savard is about to kill my boyfriend. Please go and save him. They break into the laboratory as he's performing this experiment and they stop him from doing it. And he's like, look, if you don't let me finish the experiment, this boy will die. This boy will die. Please, I must be allowed to finish my experiment. Anyway, they don't let him finish the experiments. They put him in uh, and the boy dies on the table. He goes through a court case, which is just brilliant because basically he gets tried for murder, convicted, and then as he's closing, oh, it's just such a great. 
He's allowed mm-hmm. like, way I say something to the people. Yes, <laughs> yes, sir. And he basically turns around and just absolutely bollocks them for ten minutes. <laughs> 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 he just, he there's no other word for it. He bollocks the judge. He bollocks the policeman. He bollocks yeah. the girlfriend. He, he bollocks the jury. The entire he room. walks around. No one goes. Ah, oh, that's enough. The brilliance of this is that, and normally in a radio <laughs> show in particular of the era, you would hear them like do a quick one, going like, "I'll get you." to i'll get you judging yeah. you 12 good and true saps on the jury and here he's just going like no i want a monologue to describe my vitriol <laughs> look for you in you the eye and your ignorance <laughs> like that's the thing like that that the, the trial alone like it, it yes it takes a little bit to get to the more horrific elements of this film but that trial like it's it's so like it's so raw, and especially in a world where we deal with yeah. like the the least belief yeah, in science imaginable. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's anyway. beautiful. So something. Hang on. So let me let me just say this right. Something something else that kind of came to my mind when I was watching it was a, a, a way the film could have gone and mm-hmm. didn't, and coincidentally, just pure coincidence. That's what coincidentally means. Pure coincidence is that this could have gone. Vincent Price House of Waxway, mm. right? So it could have been he dies or he gets injured. He then becomes this malformed, horrible thing. And then you follow him while he tries to kill the jurors that convicted him, right? You could have easily gone that way. And they mm. and they didn't. They reined it in. They brought him back to life. Spoilers. But they did. And and then he comes up with this haunted, booby-trapped house way of dispatching them one by one. I mean, and, and that was what blew my mind the most. It was because I was sat there just going, oh, well, this is it. Right, that's it. So he's going to come back as a disfigured... Yeah. He's going to come back as a disfigured mummy. And he's going to wreak havoc, kill these quote-unquote innocent people. And that's going to be the film. And I was... It was so lovely to see that it wasn't. And it was wonderful to watch. I would, if you would just permit me, like to lower the tone slightly for just a brief second. I don't permit you. We, well, tough. So I would just like to point out that we do have a... A tradition here on all the best lines of uh, Adam's gush of the week. We have three films to choose from this time, Adam. Annalise. Oh, was she your? Oh, straight away. You didn't even have to think of that, did you? No, no, no Boris Karloff that... is my gush of the week. What well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to caress his head and all of his three different hairstyles in all of these films. Yeah, but it was just this film that I was. I'd, I'd seen her in a couple of films before, but I hadn't really recognised her. But um, uh, this was the film I was introduced to Lorna Gray, who yeah. I am. Definitely in love with right now. Yeah. Okay. It's either I'd either pick Lorna. I'd either pick Lorna or John Loder because nobody will pick John Loder, and I just want to be fair. <laughs> Hedy Lamar picked John Loder. He's got enough like bonus points for life. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair play to All right then. Screw you, John Loder. I'm choosing Lorna Gray. <laughs> How are you worried about this? Is 1874. You'll be able to sue her. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after that he's finished bollocking everyone uh at the courtroom <laughs> he gets sentenced to death and everyone thinks he's dead and then you know a year later or something all of the jurors and the, the girlfriend and the judge and the policeman and the doctor that discovered they are invited to a house and suddenly find themselves locked in a room and then uh, a mysterious voice appears and it's savard and it was like through my methods i was brought back to life you should have believed me and then he says um i will predict each of your deaths at a certain time and the film then becomes uh a cross between home alone 
uh, and then there were none. <laughs> uh, Skyfall. It's just crazy. Like, the amount of, like, you know, how, like you say, House and Haunted Till, it, Tom it and really Jerry. Is. It's like all of these things put together. You're it's next. Like, <laughs> he says, yes. He says, you're going to die at this time. And they go, no, I'm not. And then he leans on a table and electrocutes him or something. It's brilliant. And then- I, did, I did love the part where Boris Karloff, through the intercom, said, do you give up or are you thirsty for more? <laughs> <laughs> no, we give up. <laughs> it's that's that's it. We give fellas. up. Can we go now? <laughs> if I give up, can I leave? <laughs> you know, no, that's I'm they my options. When am I dying? <laughs> Why are <laughs> you <saying> that? <laughs> May I have your attention, please? All the doors and windows that you can reach have been sealed, and there is no way for you to leave this house. You will now be punished for your disbelief in the order and the time stated on your place cards. Judge Bowman was taken first, out of deference to the exalted office he adored. The foreman of the jury, Clifford Kearney, who worked so hard to convict me, will be taken next, in recognition of his untiring efforts to secure my death. It'll do you no good to search for me. You can never reach me where I am, but I can and will reach you once every 15 minutes. At 7.15, Mr. Kearney, you will die. Until then, goodbye, Mr. Kearney. Keep the change, you filthy animal! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. I I was captivated by every second of this film. There was not, for me, Mm -hmm. it, it, it was brilliant yeah i i really do rate this spectacularly highly mm-hmm. um it is something that i want to watch again and again and again um Karloff is it, it Karloff is mag is magnetic right i mean th- there's a bit towards the sort of the ending of the film when his daughter suddenly rocks up and surprises him he doesn't know she's gonna be there which is fantastic by the way because he he not only has he trapped all these people inside He's also put metal across the doors and windows so no one could get out. She just has a key and gets in. It's like, yeah. you didn't put metal across that door, but okay, fair enough. And Oh, I knew there was something I was supposed to do today. <laughs> I, I don't, it, was, it was like it was the last this. bit. The last bit of his last DIY home improvement job, and he forgot that bit, right? Mm. And that is his downfall. By the way, we should point out that everything bad, uh, causality, everything bad that happens in this film is the volunteer's girlfriend at the start. Everything that happens in this film is because of her, right? I wrote... If, if she hadn't have gone to the police, mm-hmm. yeah. all would have been fine. I wrote down the note, God damn it, Betty. You literally could have not <laughs> said a goddamn word and Bod would be alive. <laughs> Not only that, but we'd have eternal life. So thanks, Betty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus, Betty. Come right. on. You we don't do it on here, but Betty is our douche of the week. <laughs> douche of the week. <laughs> She's the douche of all weeks. Yeah, she is. She really is. All the worst Bettys. <laughs> I, I, I wrote it. Yeah. I did write a note. I, d- I did write a note, Smokey, about like the fact like so he kills the se- he kills the other six other jurors separate. And I wrote a note that I-, I had to ask myself like why did he kill them separately? Was he trying to kill the boring jurors first? Like that- it's kind of like weird. Like I kind of wish the only one note I have is like I wish he had put them all in there and we would have had a higher kill count. But I'm like it's 1939. I'm not gonna that get been that. Great. Yeah. It- but and the whole idea of metal that, that actually is my only little little problem with this film right mm-hmm. 
is that it happens, that all happens off screen, and it all comes as quite a surprise. You know, suddenly these six people are dead, and it was sort of like, okay. I mean, you know, add another five minutes onto the film and show him killing him. I, I do that. I'm, I'm quite happy to do that. Yeah, I think I think as well. That's that's a that's an, a grievance I had. It was like, oh, I'm really looking forward to the inventive things that are coming, mm. and then yeah. it kind of just quits at that plot. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's like it's it's cool. I understand why because you're a you're a B movie and you're supposed to be 67 minutes or whatever long, but um, yeah. also. Why have that many people to get revenge on then? Why not just have yeah. four of them there? So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's weird. It's it's weird, isn't it? But yeah. um, but you know that that was a minor thing that yeah, I could brush totally aside minor, because yeah. be- because as soon as that happens, which uh, and this was a scene right that you could class as kind of I don't know, kind of nondescript and uh, but I it was one of my favorite bits of the film is that you know uh, Karloff has made the reveal. He's alive, okay? The person who sent him to die is there. The copper, the other doctor, everything. They're all there. And obviously, they're distrustful. They don't believe a word he's saying. And they think he's trying to poison them with his wine and all this. And and it's just so relaxed and calm. You know, oh, that was Vincent Price, not Calif. Um Was it? Was it, though? Yes. Oh. Yes, it was. Leave it alone, you. <laughs> so... But but it was just it was such a great way of them and the uh, but then they're they're just slowly slowly beginning to trust him again, I, you know it's it's minute it's infinitesimal that they're starting to trust him again and he gets them to the dinner table and then he just sort of that's it for him that's his moment it's just like right no that's it I'm gonna trap you all here now mm-hmm. and that, that was brilliant for me it was that moment when they got sort of softening very slightly and then it's just bang hit them yep great. Great stuff. Yeah. Go on then, Zach. Your thoughts. No, I, 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 mm. I, I, I mentioned Saw Two earlier as a comparison, and I, and I love when a film mm. will will latch me into a theme that has carried into the most immediate history, and that that entry happens to be my favorite in the Saw series. Um, the idea of him coming over this intercom, <laughs> like I was expecting to hear Tobin Bell going, "I want to play a game." Like instead, it's <laughs> it's instead it's just even more malevolent, and he's teasing them, like he's 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 getting Boris Karloff is jigsaw, <laughs> <laughs> jig four. <laughs> Hello, Amanda. <laughs> it, it, he would have picked a he would have picked a name without an S. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> Won't you play a game? Oh. Puzzle. <laughs> just, call, just call her Tina. Live or die. Right. Make your choice. <laughs> and, but but also this idea of like the like uh, the, the idea of like I love how he destroys the machine at the very end and he just limps over dead mm. because it's just, it's just the idea of like he has to like turn make a turn at the end of the move each of these movies that we talked about to a certain extent and in this mm. one he yeah. it's it's very much this like lingering idle thought about like why did you destroy it and it just closes on a shot of Karloff dead in his chair like I was just like blown away by certain moves and certain choices that the director made on it like I made a couple notes like when they're when they're about to hang him there's this tilt there's this tilt pan from a bunch of journalists that goes up into the main core of the desk. And I was like, that's, that does not need to be in this, you know, programmer piece, but it just looks so beautiful. And then there's this, it looks great. and that's, and that final speech, it's among the finest like speeches I've seen Karloff give in the movies that I've seen him in. And this is like, 
it, it, I think this is one of those instances where I can say like old movies aren't boring. And if you need evidence, the man they could not hang is a prime example of like something that keeps you on your toes. And, Mm -hmm. and I liked the ambition of it, like a needle in the phone that pricks his ear. Like that's a, that's a great, and it's great because we don't have to see it to know and imagine what it's supposed to be. Like it just yeah, it makes you go, Ooh, yeah. Right I, d- I do love the fact though, that they explain it away. They go, they straight away say a needle is coming out of the phone into his ear and into his brain. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well that's going to kill him. And then he just goes, no, there's poison on it too. He's like, it hell. It's like, do you overkill much? Just to be sure. <laughs> but can I just pick, I just pick you up the, the the speech that we talked about uh, uh, just before there, Adam, um, the the one in the courtroom that Carl oh, does when he admonishes everyone. He I mean, that, them, Smokey, Let's be honest. The 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 peak bollocking that Carl gets <laughs> just is. Bollocking. I know it's great, isn't it? but it's so it's. It, it's an exemplary acting performance. Mm-hmm. And you! <laughs> it's and you! <laughs> oh, it's you! I, I, if you didn't bring my socks this morning! <laughs> you! Well, I, 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 planned, I planned to drop the clip in of that right here, because it deserves to be heard by anyone who hasn't it. Before you condemn me to death, I would like the privilege of addressing this court for two minutes. Request granted. I thank you. You who have condemned me, I know your kind. Your forebears poisoned Socrates, burned Joan of Arc, hanged, tortured all those whose only offense was to bring light into darkness. For you to condemn me in my work is a crime so shameful that the judgment of history will be against you for all the years to come. You, Mr. Prosecutor, are guilty of murdering not only me, but countless thousands who might have lived had you not destroyed the only man who could save their lives. When your last moment comes, always remember that you killed the one man who could have made your life secure. Although the stupid, unthinking world may approve what you have done, In your heart, you know that but for your treachery, the boy you loved would be alive today. If anyone is responsible for his death, you killed him. And for that murder, you will live and die in the contempt and loathing of your own heart. When those you love best lie dying, Think back to this moment when you held their salvation in your hands and threw it away. Always remember that I offered you life and you gave me death. That'll be all, Dr. Savard. And you who are about to sentence me, after my death, you will be overtaken by a punishment far more terrible than anything that you can do to me. Sentence will be passed on you at 10 a.m. next Tuesday the 15th. Take him away. It's fabulous. He just and he, it, he also it, just it starts was, saying it to the uh, rest of the crew, like, and you didn't get my coffee this morning, and you <laughs> you made sure my towels you, weren't ready at the end of the scene. <laughs> and you, you that, cross that services. Light is hurting my eyes. 
Nick Grind is like, Boris, calm down. No, I won't calm down. <laughs> no, Boris, don't calm down. Get it all out because you're going to be hung in a minute. Oh, fine. Keep the, keep you, the, keep, that seat was uncomfortable. Keep it rolling. You, he doesn't. My coffee was late this morning. He thinks this is a rehearsal. Keep the camera rolling. <laughs> yeah, just just let him go. You know. That's why they ended up with so many people in the house at the end because you just went off all money. And you, <laughs> you bird, you crapped up my car this morning. He starts he starts yelling at the ceiling. And you, why aren't you prettier above my head? <laughs> oh, dearie me. But I think we could all agree that this is such a wonderful film. We, oh, it's we, brilliant. We yeah, can. And yes. if I might share something with you both, and I gave Smokey a little tease on Please. this, but I like doing a little research oh, on yes. my end. And I have from here from you Variety, do. via Pittsburgh, Shockler exploitation successful for Howell. Ken Howell, acting exploitation cheap for Harris Circuit during George Tyson's leave of absence, went back to the days of Harry Reichenbach and other showy exploiters of that era to put over the man they could not hang for Columbia at the Senator this week. Hangman's nooses were strung all around the marquee. A scaffold was set up in front what? of the theater, and every 15 minutes... Howell staged a public hanging. This is what I love. That yeah, no, that's showmanship. For you. Yeah, that's like that's like William Castle seeing all this because he worked. I believe Castle worked at Columbia. I'm doing the research on him now for a show, and he can look at that and go like, "Say, what if this but Percepto, or what if this but Engorgio? Like that. That kind of like mm. those are the stories you find for what they would do for these horror films. Like, I mean, you talked about it in Secret History of Hollywood of the man who uh, the man who reclaimed his head, and they just literally took the mm. heads off of Frankenstein standees. Like this, it <laughs> to to be able to find a story attached to a film I already enjoyed. Like it just makes the ri- the experience so much richer. I mm. will say though. It's a tough call between that and the film we just talked about uh, with the man who changed his mind because there's a quality about changed his mind that has such a like a sharp sense of humor, but this one just pushes all my horror buttons. Like it's it's oh yeah totally. I think I mean as well. I mean Karloff played so many mad scientists who take revenge. Now when Smokey said to me last time, um, "Let's pick some horror films," I instantly went, "Let's pick." Th- like Karloff and let's do the there were there were loads that were the man who the man that the man who could not you know whatever let's pick three of those but if you think about the other ones he did like I'm, I'm looking down his filmography now Karloff as mad scientist right all basically <laughs> same tropes um you have the ghoul of course you, you have um the no he's he's not no Lugosi's the the uh, professor in the ray the invisible ray you have juggernaut you have um the f- the bo- you have the body doomed well, to die no doomed yeah. to die he's, he's not one um condemned to die yeah sorry devil commands he plays so the house of frankenstein he's a doctor in that um, oh, yeah. the boogeyman will get you which we watched at film club all of his mad scientists uh, films they're all like they have the same basic i'm right and you're wrong and i'll prove it by doing something terrible to people mm-hmm. but they all have their own like none of them are boring they all have their own hook so Manu Changed His Mind has this lovely mind swap thing going on. That, oh, Black Friday as well is another one. <laughs> um, this one has a beautiful, and then there were none vibe to it. And then The Man With Nine Lives has has this conceit. We're, we're going to come on to it now, I think. 
like we talked about man could not hang yeah. but the yeah. man the man um the man with nine lives has this lovely conceit where he is uh, obsessed with freezing people isn't he yes yeah, yeah, yeah. and um the work is very valuable in in terms mm-hmm. of, but um so they so uh, but he he vanishes so these scientists go to this house to find out what's happened to him and find that he's been frozen himself and unthaw him basically and he you initially think he's going to be a benevolent kind of character, but in the yeah. end, turns out to be rather evil. Do you want to do the plot on this? One? Uh, yeah, we can do. I, I'll just have one more thing though, which which I think bears repeating. Well, well, but bears mentioning. Sorry, is that for me in all three of these films is that Karloff isn't mad. You know, he he he, he has a logic. He has this up, idea. Yeah. He has logic. He, he gets it across. People obviously don't believe him because that's part and parcel of these films but he has a genuine feel for what he's doing and he explains it quite well every i mean because it happens in every few three films every single time he's arrested to to, to be you know led away for quote-unquote killing someone he's he's rational he's not panicky and he gets his point across yeah. and and instead of you know you know instead of sort of an igor sort of ha, 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 i didn't do this kind of thing it's calm and measured and I, I okay think, he's uh, a bit disappointed but yeah <laughs> disappoints a way of putting it um no yeah. i think i think you're right to an extent he basically starts with a good theory um is so passionate about defending the theory that he does dastardly things that's the basic theme of it because the man who changes his mind he t- he does go a bit loopy and man he, little hang, he, he does you know kill and torture a room full of people eventually that that's yeah. my point <laughs> so I'm saying, yeah, the, yeah the tra- he does become unhinged Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so we move on to The Man With Nine Lives, also known as Behind The Door, <laughs> which, I, I, well, a lot, to be fair though, mate, a lot of this film happens behind a door. That is... You can say that about any film. You know what? But it should have said Behind The Freezer Door. <laughs> like, that's... Because <laughs> this... this but behind the wall of ice. I, I will say this flat out for the audience listening. If anybody out there is a Star Trek original series fan like I am, this move, this show, or this movie reminded me of The Naked Time, but if they stayed down there on the planet the entire time and didn't bring the disease up to the ship. Like, that, that, that... The visual aesthetic reminded me of it so much. In a certain sense, the film feels like... It almost like feels like it could have been an hour long television episode of chiller or suspense or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I I think we may come back to that because that was as I said before, this was a little bit of my problem with this film that it was a little too long. Mm. But um, mm. but we'll, we'll we'll come back to that briefly. So the the, the basic plot point again: Karloff is a doctor. However, we don't meet him straight away. We're in the future, technically, uh, of 1940. And um, we we have a a, a doctor, uh, Doctor Mason, uh, Roger Pryor again it, uh, from the last movie he was in as well, yep. which I thought would have been a brilliant in joke. By the way, the scene where Karloff wakes up and sees him and should have called him by his previous character's name, and then gone, oh no no no, sorry I'm confused, but no they didn't do that. So we have him and we have his lovely fiance nurse, and they um they they believe in this uh. It's it's kind of like cryogenics, really, isn't it? But yeah, it's yeah. but it's but it's a cure all using cryogenics as a cure all for cancer, mm. which, by the way, I didn't know. I mean, you guys probably do, but I didn't know that cancer. The word cancer was not allowed when the code was in effect. That's news to me. <laughs> me, me too. Right. Oh, sorry. 
Wow. I was reading about it today. So so they, they when the code was in effect, they had to use the term long-term illness. Wow. The the audacity of this <laughs> Will Hayes. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So how did they we, we, get round how did they get round star signs then? <laughs> did they say Leo, Gemini, long term illness, Sagittarius, Capricorn? You had to say lion. Yeah, but they're not saying lion, they're not, two fish, you don't say goat. right, you, you're 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 dying of Aries. They don't say that, do they? So you know what I mean? You're just full of Taurus, you are. You know, it's spreading. I'm sorry. It I'm sorry, it's Pisces. I'm not I'm not into that. You have six months to live. <laughs> Apparently I do. I know I've been infected with Sagittarius, but there you go. Infected with beer as well. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But it, but so this is it, and um, so we we have th- we have this doctor. He performs this this procedure, which by the way is wonderful, of just laying ice on a person, and and the nurse knows precisely the amount of ice to put on someone to drop it to exactly two degrees, which I th- thought was brilliant, by the way, because <laughs> it's sort of like you, you, good old you've cal- <laughs> yeah, you've calculated that ice down to the millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> It was wonderful, but then he gets admonished. He gets he gets chastised for it because the the press have taken it the wrong way and have said, right, you have found a cure for cancer, and he and he hasn't. He's just saying that there are properties that can be used, which was I thought was quite a modern forward way of looking at mm-hmm. it. You know, it was kind of got a bit like the last movie with sort of heart transplants. You know, it's quite modern and forward thinking. Come in, Doctor Harvey. Uh, you may remain, Miss Blair. You've been so close to Dr. Mason in this work that I want you to hear my comments. Dr. Mason, as a research man myself, I congratulate you on your brilliant experiments. But as head of this hospital, I deplore the unfortunate result of your premature announcement of a cure, which is by no means ready for general distribution. Well, I didn't announce that I'd found a positive cure. You caused it to be said, and that amounts to the same thing. Well, all I ever did was give a public demonstration of the progress I've made so far and let the observers draw their own conclusions. That's precisely what you shouldn't have done. If I hadn't been away, I would have stopped you. What are we going to tell all these people who are wiring and writing in, begging for treatment? Are you ready to take the responsibility of curing them? But I promised no cure. I tried to demonstrate a new principle of treatment. Well, I admire your spirit, but it is not in line with modern medical research. The day of the lone wolf experimenter is dead. Vast organizations are today fitted with every conceivable device to check, test, prove, and verify every step of a new treatment. And that, Mason, is what we're going to do with your frozen therapy. Turn it over to an unbiased staff of experts to reperform all your experiments and check their independent findings with yours. But until that rechecked proof appears, we must not extend promises which we might be unable to fulfill. You're taking the subject away from me entirely? Only for the time being. We will carry on without, uh, shall we say, so much publicity. So we have that. And then they go on a fact-finding mission to find this doctor who originally came up with the uh, all, all these ideas. And it is Karloff. And they find him. And he's buried in a block of ice. It's like in Sino Man <laughs> from, the, from the 40s. We just don't have Paulie Shaw to deal with. It's Jurassic Park with humans. Yeah, and we don't have a right said Fred um, dress-up montage with Karloff after he's dethawed. So uh, that... (laughs) More's the pity. Yeah, exactly. Come on, Columbia. Spend some money. (laughs) I'm too thick there for my shirt. I'm too thick there for this lab. (laughs) (laughs) 
you can't sing that anymore. They've been cancelled. You can't. Do oh, it. I'm a murderer. You know what I mean? The, the, the right wing anti anti vaxxers. Oh, you can't ew, do ew. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that that's disappointing. Yeah. That's half my record collection gone. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we've got. So, come on, lads, what do we yeah. think of this? So, um, yeah, basically, what happens is they defrost Karloff, uh, who says, I've worked out how you can talk out of my freezing people. And one of the guys who's with them says, Oh, you're talking rubbish, takes the formula out of his hand and uh, destroys it, basically. So, Karloff goes mad and shoots him and then holds everyone else who's there captive. Says, Right, yeah. uh, you're all paying the price for his ignorance. And um, <laughs> I'm going to experiment on all of you until I find the right formula again because I didn't write it down twice. So basically, the whole film is them trying to um, break free of Karloff while he performs experiment, experiment on them um, <laughs> one by one. That's the story. It's okay. That, this that's story. where it slows down. Though. Yeah. Yes, yes. The whole, the whole. Um, he's holding us captive. How can we do? Like, and you know, she moves towards the door, and she's just about to grab it, and go, stop what you're doing, kind of thing. It's kind of, it's not as much fun as the other two. It doesn't have mm-hmm. a sense of humor. This film, and I think that everyone apart from Karloff in it is very flat. That's my issue with it. Yeah. I don't think Roger Pryor is a great leading man. I think it would have been way better with you know. Uh, like a Lou, a Lou Ayres would have been brilliant in this. You know, yeah. just someone with a bit of charisma. Like Roger Pryor is just, just like a, an oak he, kind of thing. He reminded me <laughs> of know. the petrified forest of like, okay, we're going to maintain a majority of our setting in this one location, and we're going to be very like contained here. But mm-hmm. it, but as you said, the the other actors aren't as interesting, and so it creates like Boris has charisma and the other ones are kind of just delivering in a standard David Manners fashion. Like they're not doing anything yeah. to bring to the David proceeding. Manners is perfect. Yeah. yeah um or yeah. um which it's... is above John Loder by the way. <laughs> <gasps> no one's above John. It's basically it's 74 minutes long this film. It's 40 minutes of setup. And then it's 40 minutes of Karloff scowling at people while they're in a corner working out how they're going to escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't it doesn't have the invention of the man they could not hang. It doesn't have the humor of the man who changed no. his mind. It's a solid film. Mm-hmm. Like it, it works as a it's as a programmer fun. as well. It's it's better than average, I would say. But yeah. it's just it's yeah. not as inventive. That's all. But we also we also have uh, Stanley Brown playing uh, Bob, uh, who I think has got a rival Betty for douche of the week. Well, Mister Hawthorne, have you found the answer to my question yet? Yes. Under the law, a person is declared legally dead after seven years' disappearance. Therefore, we've been legally dead for the past three years. And we're not responsible to anybody for anything. Excellent. I see your mind has rounded back into its customary legal form. I congratulate you. Wait a minute. I was my uncle's heir. I stood to inherit upward of a million dollars. Do you mean to say I can't collect my inheritance? Not legally. You're officially dead. And the matter ends there. You cost me all that money with your crazy experimenting. I'm sorry, but if you think of something beside yourself, you'll realize that this is worth a great deal more than the money you'd only have squandered in any event. This piece of paper opens up a whole new field of medical practice. Think of it. When we reach the mainland with this new weapon, an army of doctors will spring into action overnight, and the battle to wipe one more plague from the face of the earth is launched. You're not fooling me. You think you've made a great discovery at my expense and that you're going to cash in on it for all it's worth. Let me remind you that you forced yourself into this place against my wishes. Anything that happened to your inheritance is your fault, not mine. As for this, 
It's my gift to the world to be used by anyone who needs it, free of charge. Oh, don't try that noble stuff on me. You've got a fortune, and I've got nothing. And if you think you're going away with a thing like that, you're crazy. Adams! Adams, that paper! You know, he, 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 bur- he burnt his notes. Little shit. Yeah, just, just absolutely. <laughs> like, just, the, the, the moral of the story is write things down on paper and then make a copy of it. Like, uh, write, cloud backups, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what the reminder. Come on, Boris, use what, the cloud. It's there. This is what your reminder app on the iPhone is there for. Like, reminder, the key to restoring life is, and then you just list the ingredients. <laughs> it's interesting and again like the like it it kind of reminded me in some ways like a modern like film like i got hateful eight vibes off of this but the difference is again like there's not enough charismatic actors um and like there's not enough coverage of angles like we we are very limited on our setups here so it's it's Mm. but it's still enjoyable like it is still enjoyable it is it's fine it's fine it's just Mm. fine though that's the problem i think i gave it like a three or a three and a half on letterbox and i stand by that it's just like yeah this is still like better than most horror films i see today in certain respects well we're yeah yeah. we're we're, we're gonna do we're gonna go through the ratings shortly Mm -hmm. But I, I still stand by it that um, this is a thoroughly enjoyable film. Yeah. And it, and it's a wonderful trilogy to watch together. But when it comes to it, are you going to remember much more? Is much more going to stick in your head than Boris Karloff? As you say, the, the ones in, in, in this film are, are quite forgettable a bit. The, the sort of the, Nine the Lives. Actors. Are you talking about Nine Lives specifically? Mm. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, yes, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have to say that this is the only one of the three where I went, which one's that again? And I had to go back and remind myself because, like we say, there is condemned to live, and there's before I hang, and there, you know, the ghoul, and and, stuff. and the, the kind of like because the other two are so uh, unique. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Nine Lives. I kind of went. Uh, I'm gonna have to rewatch that one because I can't quite remember that. And then as soon as I saw the ice, I was like, "Ask oh, the ice one." Yeah, yeah, fine. And yeah. I think um, what will happen is in three months' time. Someone will say, "Have you seen the Mammoth Lion Knives?" And I go, "Yes, but uh... oh, yeah, um, no, that's the ice one, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's one that refuses to um, to take a pigeonhole in my mind. But uh, Karloff's the best thing about it. Karloff and ice—that's yeah. all you remember. It's, it's, it's Karloff on the rocks. It's not a ta- it's not a tangler. It doesn't attach itself to your spine lovingly. So you know that. No, 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 no. It, 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 it's sort of leech. But but again, like I, I would put this on a double bill with another like uh, like a, with another like side horror film from the era like Bowery at Midnight or maybe and just kind of have fun with Boris and Bella back to back or something like that just to have fun yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a bit more scrungy and a, and a lot less uh, that, that, there's no real momentum to it mm-hmm. but it's mm. not there's not to say it's a bad film it's it's mm-hmm. way better than most programmers mm-hmm. I agree. it's way better than most Karloff B-movie programs the Mr. Wong films are kind of unwatchable now and there are lots of uh, other yeah. films he did sort of 40s 50s that are kind of like God, God, I'm Boris, what are you doing? Kind of thing. But um, this is, you know, all, you know, all of the this trilogy, yeah. I would say, uh, are definitely, definitely worth a watch. Wonderful. Fair enough. Yeah, I, cu- I couldn't have summed that up better. So let's do some individual ratings. The first one was Man Who Changed His Mind, which I would rate as a nine. I'll give, I'll give an eight for that. I'll give an eight. And then The Man Who Could Not Hang, I would give an eight. Nine. Ten. I really liked it. <laughs> and Man, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, man with Nine Lives. I would give it a seven. It's fine. Yeah, seven. Yeah, it's better than average. I can, I can, I can run with seven, maybe six. 
You know, like it's just I don't know how fast I'm gonna be to rewatch it, but I, I will rewatch it at some point. Yeah. You wouldn't it, be wouldn't be offended if it came on. You suddenly go, Oh, oh no. This, this I'd be like, Say hey, mm. Karloff on ice and then I just get disappointed <laughs> that he's not on figure skates, you know? <laughs> you know, a, a, a seven to me means I would not be upset at all if someone said, Do you wanna watch it again? I'd be yes. Yeah. Bring it on. I'm yeah, more than so. happy to watch it again. You know that that's that's the gauge for a seven for me. Are you happy to watch it again? And it's it's a solid yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it's a very enjoyable film. Well, that's that's wonderful. We we uh, we did all all three of those, and they were they were great movies. Before we go, uh, two little bits of business. Uh, one, Zachary, thank you very much for coming on the show. Of course, it's been absolutely lovely to have you here. I, I'm I'm super excited. Like this is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, guys. Like this came out. Of, this started Aww. this started just before Ballyhoo started, and I started listening to this. Like the first episode on Obsession, I listened to while I was doing mm. a um uh, inventory shift overnight at where I work, and I was like, this is the best way to get through this shift, and and I couldn't ask for a better <laughs> way that, to to spend my that, to spend that hour listening to you two lovely gentlemen, and I and. I sent you guys an email on the sweet. 10th episode and it still stands. Like you guys are doing a wonderful you job did, mate. at getting people to Zach, you're very kind. <laughs> you are. Uh, we we adore you to bits and we're big fans <laughs> of you, your show oh, and as yep, we've you. had a we've had a relationship a friendship for a very long time. We're very lucky people to know you and we, um, are. we count you as not just a, a podcast guest or podcast listener. But definitely a friend, so love you lots. Oh, that's gonna I concur with everything that Adam that's said. That's gonna carry me through the rest of the week, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bless your little cotton socks. But uh, also also let me just point out let me just point out, Adam, just one little specific detail that it is obsession wow. and not suspicion. Remember? Okay. Just- Checking. That was your mistake, not mine. I think if you rewind it, but don't nope. rewind it, I think you'll find that's true. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, um, Zach, I would also like to quickly say that um, as well as us counting you as a friend, I do know of many other people, some who perhaps you are not aware that I talk to very regularly, but uh, uh-huh. who think you are a very charming, a very lovely man, and um, they... You're very much appreciated, not just in this circle, but in many circles. So keep on keeping on, my friend. And Yesteryear Ballyhoo Review is a masterpiece, and your Mel Brooks show coming up is is brilliant. Well, I'm sure it'll be brilliant. So um, yeah, it's 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 going to be fantastic. Well, the first episode's up now, so folks can enjoy it. Next month, you'll get some producers talk. But thank you guys. That means the world to me to hear. And um, I, I wouldn't be. I, there's there's a couple of places where if I hadn't have had these influences, I wouldn't have started the show. One of them is my co-host Ryan on Real Nerds, like compelling me to just do it, and the other is is listening to you guys. And Adam, you know how I you I've spoke I've told you before multiple times, like you starting this secret history of Hollywood and Attaboy was very influential in reminding me that people care about this stuff and that 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 I wasn't alone with it. So I you know no, you, you definitely not mate. Yeah. And, and, you, and you are more than you. welcome Thank to you. join Thank us any anytime, Zach. Oh. You are more than welcome to come back on the show. Yeah, and I and I will say, Smokey, like you know, you've you've helped reinvigorate a lot of my like love of horror. Like I always need a good kick in the pants, so Thank I now you. go to Rated H a lot to just live, re-listen to a horror experience or a film that catalog titles or something that I haven't even seen before. Like I still need to watch Evil Speak and like some of these other ones. Like you, oh yeah, you, you know, like the. I like that you expose different angles of horror that I'm not necessarily looking at because I can be a little bit basic and to, to get that further exposure is just delightful, my friend. Thank you. That's incredibly kind of you. If, if any of my shows, uh, including this one uh, can highlight 
some lesser known stuff that that people were really going to enjoy, then that's that's job done, mate. And you, know, and you, that, and you that, prom- that's that's what it is. And you promote Tom Atkins, which I'm all in support of. He's Mr. Sex himself. The inv- <laughs> Mr. Sex, the inverted the inverted triangle. He is just Mr. Pure he's a, Sex. He's a, as Dennis Hopper said, he's a god, man. <laughs> <laughs> he is a god, man. Before we leave, uh, we've mentioned them before, but do you want to give uh, anywhere people can find you and your and your lovely show? Yeah, um, you can find Yesteryear Ballyhoo Review. Um, it's R-E-V-U-E because I thought I was being clever when I started this show. Um, and um, <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter at Ballyhoo Review, uh, on Instagram at Ballyhoo Review Pod. For Mel Brooks, um, on Twitter, you can find us at SBA Brooks and on Instagram at Surrounded Brooks Pod. And we're on I- all these shows are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. So uh, m- many ways to check them out. And Real Nerds Podcast, uh, you can find us at Real Nerds, both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we review films each week. I think this week we're doing Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, the new uh, Daniels Ooh, film. I'm uh, very intrigued by that. Film. Yeah, I'm yeah. super mm. excited to watch Michelle Yeoh kick some ass. Mm. So, um, but yeah, oh, uh, aren't we all? <laughs> oh, I mean, I I, I, I I love that woman. I've been depri- I was deprived that in my childhood, so I'm glad that I'm catching up for it now. It's just Dude. watching Michelle Yeoh kick ass. So, <laughs> but thank you. I, re- I remember seeing Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon on the big screen, and just falling in love with that woman. Yeah. I I I got to see well, that in the theater when I was a kid, thankfully. So like that was like a good yeah yeah. My folks took us because we were we were doing karate when I was younger. So <laughs> they're just nice, like let's take nice. her and see that. But no, it has it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for uh, for coming on all the best. Lines. Thank you so and much. You, as I say, you're more than welcome to come on again. Yeah, I was going to say I will gladly come. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you, mate. Uh, bef- before we leave, uh, we need to go through what we're going to be watching next, Adam. So I'm going to give you two choices this time. And you get to pick. You get to pick what we are doing. Okay. Okay. One is a listener suggestion. Okay. Or two, and I'm really, really putting you on the spot on uh, right here because this is niche as hell. Next month, when we record, it's going to be my 40th birthday. 40? So, I am going to be 40 next month, my friend. So sure? I know I look 60. Shut up, you. So, um, <laughs> Move around the clock. I know. I know. <laughs> so. I'm joking. He doesn't. TikTok smoky. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So you can play it safe and pick the listener's suggestion. Or you can, if you can think in your head of a film that revolves around a birthday that you think I would like, then we can go for that one. But it is entirely up to you because I love the listener's suggestion and I'm, I know you do too. So What is the listener's suggestion? I'm not telling you. That's, that's spoiling it. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, just trust trust in me, your good friend, that you love the film in question. Okay, okay fine. We'll, we'll, we'll do that then. Because listen suggestions, you know, I picked a triple bill of Karloff here. So, yeah. Let the, right listeners, let the listener choose. Okay. Well, the suggestion was by listener and uh, follower and friend on uh, online, uh, Millie, who has been doing some wonderful uh, oh, ha- uh, House of Hammer artwork. I know. Her artwork is insane. Isn't it beautiful? Mm, um, yeah. But she requested quite not flippantly but just sort of casually just sort of said would you ever think of doing this and i was like yes and she has requested her favorite hitchcock we're going back to hitchcock land my friend and her favorite hitchcock is notorious wow there we go cool i mean you can't you can't fault that troy i hope you're happy with that my friend yeah i'm happy yeah very happy but if we do it around my birthday i expect you know balloons streamers (laughs) that kind of thing sure yeah i'll have them as my backdrop on Zoom. 
<laughs> just you. Just, I love you. It's just you. I'm, it's just I you with you. one and single party hat and one of those uh, Berbers. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you, you say that, but I am now thinking of wearing a party hat for the next time we record. So it's fine. Could but you no, please okay. put it about there? Oh, that's evil. What are you joking? Um, I, 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 po- I pointed to the crotch, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably for the best idea. So you know, fair enough. But no, it's so that's what we're thing. doing next. Great, great. We are going cool. to be doing Notorious next, which I'm very much looking forward yeah, to talking cool. to. Zach, I'm sure you'll have a yeah, all right. uh, stake in that as well. Oh yes, I will. Uh, I, I need to tell the action figure that's above my shelf the good news. Hey Hitch, they're going to be doing yes. Notorious. <laughs> ah, that's great. I love, <laughs> I love Claude Rains. He was just a great man. Why didn't I get him more often? Why the. F- did I get to do Jesus I knew, Christ? I knew, I knew we wouldn't get out of here without you doing that. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> both of you now, both of you now have done a Vincent Price impression on this show. How does that feel? Oh, <laughs> I, so I just, pers- so- I personally think his is very inferior, but I, that's just me. I mean, I- <laughs> wow. Now that's Vincent Price. Thank you, God. thank you, Adam. Now, yeah. now, if you excuse me, I'm going to go uh, attend to my painting collection. <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> thank you. So now much. that's an Alfred Hitchcock impression. There you go. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Go on. It's, it's all right, Adam. You're leading this out of this. Okay, one, sorry. Um, I think we'll let our guests say it this time. Zach, all the best lines. I, Bella, will get the last word. Does not deserve to smell my wow. sh- <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> you can't hide from, you can't hide behind a pillow forever, buddy. I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a fort, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> you can't.